0: just be the cold open, to be honest. Like it goes a lot to what you were saying about this transition from what was a shoot to like a shoot work, right? Yeah. It's like at some point, Tony Khan sat everybody down and was like, listen, all of you are under contract. None of you are going to make as much money anywhere else than here. Because right now you're all like diminished, diminished assets, right? Yeah and you know and i think that's he got them all back together and i think this is the only way that they can really make it happen but like when he met when that media scrum he fucking went off the rails no i know but, but in the espn interview he said how it was like a frustration moment he had talked about it he didn't feel they were getting results and he wishes he could have handled it better right which i think is like the opening to the shoot work right you know, and also like I don't know, man. It's hard to be pissed off when you are the centerpiece of a nationally televised wrestling show where your roster is the roster that works with you is handpicked. Like yeah, exactly. Fucking Phil. But anyways.
1: And we're back. This podcast is gathered for one fall with a 60-minute time limit, coming out of the black corner a combined weight of 666 pounds. Recording to you from the United Center bar. I'm your boy Xander
0: Hobbs. This is Bobby V. Yeah.
1: And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the WrestleAocalypse. It is upon us. It is upon us. We're back. We're back in the saddle. Back to gain revenge, back to recording, and let's just lay it on them.
0: Back to black.
1: Back to black, yes. Good song by Amy Whitehouse.
0: Yeah, man, this is fantastic. We held off, we watched a lot of wrestling in the last couple of days, two weeks. Um, and we're starting off with alphabetically, obviously. The AEW All Elite Wrestling. And because Saturday, they brought out a brand new show. It was like there was a collision between weekends and wrestling. And I watched it. You watched it. What did you think? What were your first hot take? Hot take? Hot take. It was a good show, but let's
1: see how long the momentum lasts because they set it up nicely. Being in Chicago, giving the hero CM Punk the warm, warm welcome. And the crowd
0: was just hot for the show. So, yeah, man. Hot take. Hot take. Loved the Luchasaurus, Wardlow slash, I mean, let's be honest, Christian coronation champion Christian, uh, the way that he celebrated Luchasaurus's victory. Oh, fantastic. I did like, it was a good match. It was a very good match for, you know, both those guys, super big hosses, super talented. But the way that Christian just celebrated the victory, holding the title, holding the title on top of Luchasaurus's shoulders. Uh, And it's funny because I saw this thing on the IWC that said like, hot take in the last two years Christian has been way better than Edge oh that's not even a hot take those are just facts that's what I'm saying like he's so good like it's so fantastic Christian's
1: been way better than Edge and but back to this TNT title change again like this the title is meaningless like the match was good but the title is meaningless now like they keep switching it back and forth like unless they're putting the title on Miro then I don't want to see it switch again.
0: And I, I thought, you know, obviously it was a squash match, but like the crowd hot for Miro. Miro came out obviously like hot himself. And I was texting you, and it's like, like Betty Rebel not really paying attention. Look, it's like she's like Jesus Christ, that dude's traps. So it's like, yeah, dude, like he, like we need more Miro.
1: Yeah, he needs to be a bigger deal like that's just the fact of the matter they they that guy can print money right there as a champion so once they're done with this mjf thing i think it's miro time but um interesting
0: i think uh, miro could definitely solidify and elevate the the luchasaurus title
1: yeah the, he can start they can start him with the tnt title and move up from there as yeah, well yeah
0: have him have a good feud with luchasaurus and have him like Hold it. Let him go against like Lance Archer or all these big guys and like show his like you know his skills and his abilities. Exactly. Um, Um, what else was good on that? Um the
1: triple threat, I didn't or not triple threat, the six-man tag, the trios match. I was a little bit it was middle of the road for me. Um my main focal points was the CM Punk promo, Miro, God's Champion,
0: the Redeemer, and to me, that's about it. I thought the main event was really overbooked. My personal opinion on it, like, especially at the end, how like CM Punk didn't go down to the coquina clutch. And the way they had like the the bullet club really just like isolating and taking care of FTR and yet still somehow CM Punk nine months off, coming back from injury somehow, doesn't tap out like. I don't like how that was written. I would have, you know, just make him win clean. Don't make like. I well, didn't get that. The,
1: they booked. The, they made a fucked up match because like Punk can't lose in his return. They can't pin FTR because they're the champions. So it's like, I mean, that that's on them. I, no,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. And like we've always talked about, like as much as we love lots and lots of things, there's some serious booking, questionable booking that goes on. Oh. And this was a, a super case, like. We've talked about it. I think we talked about it last episode. Like, I don't think the play is to come back and try to like pull this nostalgia of Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Like, that's not the play. You know what I mean? It like shouldn't be. And that's here we are, right? And the only way they can do that. And listen, there were some great moments in that match. I love seeing Jay White and you know Dak going at it. Like FT, you know, the whole like those, those four guys are great. I want to see that program. Yeah. I don't about, want to see CM Punk and Samojo. That's
1: about the only, that's about the only positive I got out of that is that it was like a little sneak peek about what's going to happen between bullet club, gold and FTR. But other than that, it's just like they had to make it hot, good for the feel hot crowd make it feel good and stuff like that. But I thought overall it was a good show, but like I said, we'll see if they can sustain the momentum because I've just heard that ticket sales were not the best outside of the Chicago show that they just had.
0: Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of um, criticism of the decision to do a Saturday show. I mean, I just, a
1: lot of people aren't home on Saturday. A lot of people
0: aren't home on Saturday. And then, you know, in not that in two, three months from now, it's college football season. Right. Like in a lot of, Really solid wrestling cities are also really rabid college football fans. So it's gonna to be tough, you know. Oh, I but know. it's collision was good, solid first uh entry. I do want to say, like, still really disappointed in Phil. Yeah. Um, you know, taking the AEW flag off the mic and everything, I get it, but. It seems like even after the ESPN interview, it's like, it's not about what your perceived, you know, gripes or anything are. It's like, you're just bad for business. You've been bad for business. And everyone's going to say like, there's a lot of this narrative, like, oh, ticket sales are up because CM Punk is back. But it's like, he's not going to be back. He's going to get injured. He's not the guy to build the shit on. Like, He's 30. He's an, he's old. He's, it's not, he's not the guy. Right. But he, he wants everybody to kiss the ring. Like he is now. Right. He still is. And the reality is the reason he hasn't been wrestling is because there hasn't been a large enough platform with enough money to get his ass into it. So it's not love of the game. It's love of the game. When he gets paid, he could have dude, he could have headlined every impact he could have had. He could be doing all sorts of shit, but it, it wasn't because if it's not WWE or better, he wasn't going to do it. And so this whole thing that he's like this injured, injured star, he's trying to bring back this whole like Vince McMahon held me down. Shit. Tony Khan has enabled you. He hasn't held you down. Fuck. You came back in like six matches and got the title and I got injured. Right. Like I get that you're frustrated that you're injured. I appreciate that. And I still love everything he's done. But it's like there's just a lack of self awareness, and then to compound it with these fucking IWC marks, who are just like he's the goat. He's not the fucking. Oh, goat. he's not even close. That shit is like out out the window. That's, he maybe even- we you could entertain that before he came back, but like I'm sorry, dude. And we was talking. He's not even in the caliber of Chris Jericho. No like no sorry dude i i had to get that off my chest a little bit of a monologue a diatribe but like i had his shirts man i love the guy we watched like we've we have featured him in samoa joe's trilogy on this podcast many many times but this whole thing just really leaves a sour taste in my mouth man
1: it rubbed me the wrong way ever since the media scrum um while he was just you know, going off and you can see Tony Khan's face and it's like, like you said, he enabled it. And I just don't know. I don't think he's the guy to build the platform on, you know, because with his injury history is not being able to get along with the whole roster, the whole roster, not be able to get along with him, this back and forth. I just, I think they'd be better fit to like start building it more around uh, MJF. Who's their champion and they don't seem to be doing this at all with their champions. They kind of put them on the back burner. And it's like, I don't agree with that.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Like I agree. Like, I don't feel that the, like I enjoy the elite and the, the BCC. Um, like rivalry. But when you're talking about featuring wrestlers named Daniel Bryanson, Henny Omega, the young box it's like it does overshadow the title yeah you know
1: and that that feud i guess we can segue into dynamite now I, yeah. that, that feud is just so i'm into it but it's so horribly like booked like why do an anarchy in the arena and then do a regular trios match it just doesn't make any sense like the, the Anarchy in the Arena should have ended everything. You should have done the Trios match first on TV, then worked your way up to Anarchy in the Arena. And it's just like, I'm tuned out of it because it's already over. The BCC won the feud, as far as I'm concerned, and the Elite should focus on Takesha. Yeah, and they blew up a fucking sneaker on Dude's Dome. I mean, why are they still wrestling each other? Right, like, <laughs> it's insane.
0: I just it's don't It's insane. It. But... That being said, I, I think they've booked some really good matches for Forbidden Door, and yeah. this is where they excel because there's a bunch of wrestling nerds like us who are like, I don't give a shit about the run-up. Like, you're going to give me these matches? Like, I saw Osprey and Kenny Omega six months ago. I'm in for the second one. That's yeah. That's probably the match of the year for me. Like, are they, can they top it? So, you know, again, they do a really good job in some instances. And yet with their actual overall program and storylines, it's like sometimes it's like, their
1: their program is a mess right now. They're lucky this pay-per-view is non-canon. So they can like, just do this and book this properly. And then, you know, try to patch up whatever they have going on, because it's just like the stuff with Jericho sucks. Like the the, Jericho and Sting fucking sword fighting with bats yeah like that sucks and the, the the match with adam cole and mjf was really good on um on yes. uh, dynamite
0: thank that you for funny. bringing me up but but how many times have they gone to the timeout draw i know that's so it's so lazy it is especially because i like had never seen that and now AEW is like done it like six times i don't know if it's six times so don't don't Well, it's just time.
1: so it's so stupid because they never keep track of the time ever <laughs> and then like the one time they do it's all, all of a sudden it's to this i mean the match was good up until that like i said back to the bad booking i'm not even 100 i'm not even but, gonna be like cornet it's
0: bad booking i enjoyed see i felt adam cole was as good as we had seen him in a long time he's just in a rough spot because
1: like I don't think the crowd takes him too well as a baby face. Like, I, I, I don't know. He's just in a weird spot right now because he's coming back from injury. I think he's a better, he, better suited as a heel, but still putting on decent matches, unless not counting the one with Jericho that we saw in the past pay-per-view. But um, the match with MJF was more back to the Adam Cole that we know. And just because MJF is just more finely tuned at this point than Chris Jericho is. So,
0: yeah, which I think like a year and a half ago, I never. Would have said, which is props to MJF, props to Matt yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, but like, loved, loved, loved seeing Osprey come in, stay oh, at the end and tall. I mean, like, it's gonna be so good. Like, I
1: mean, speaking of dope finishing moves, the stormbreaker is just
0: tremendous, and like the elbow so, he throws. So, here's in. my thing, and I'm interested for your opinion because he seems like he hits the mat as hard as the person he's giving it to though yeah it's such like a dynamic move but like i don't know we want i we're big fans of will osprey and if you look at the evolution from his epic match with uh ricochet yeah and now it's like if you think will osprey is just this high spot guy you need to watch he's now he is like ever
1: since covid he's been like he turned into a complete wrestler He's like complete, checks all the boxes. And he didn't before, but he
0: does now. Yeah. And he's a really good heel. Like oh, he's, the way he like just his savagery, like. I like him better as a heel, honestly. Oh, I never thought I'd say I that. I do too. I do too. I do too. I'm a big fan and I'm really looking forward to that match. And then uh, what is it? Some dude like, what? who's the guy? Danielson ok- and Okada. Okada?
1: That's Okada right. Okada
0: and some dude named Daniel Bryanson? What? What? It's like right there, like that's like it's like a UFC match, yeah. right? Where they basically we have two great things. Doesn't matter what happens because you're all you all want this. And I'm like, yes, I do want that, hundred percent.
1: Did you like when um um what's her name Mox's wife Renee was interviewing MJF, and she told him about the match with Tanahashi, and he was like no, I'm not fighting some guy from a rinky dink uh, independent fe- Jap- Japanese Federation. It's like, no, can't do pal. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, MJF is like, I don't know. He just gets it, man.
1: Oh no. He, he gets, gets it, it full on. So that, those are some high spots. See, we're not completely shitting on it.
0: No, but we did shit on it. And here's the one thing I was thinking too, and I don't want to speak for you, but, I, and you ever, you could have a chance to rebut, rebut but every Monday morning, I'm a fan of every wrestling promotion. And depending on what you give me that week is how I'm going to treat you. And yeah, I appreciate, I know the back history and I, all of the storylines and everything, but the bottom line is like, every week you have a chance to make me a fan. Right. And so, and I think that's how we treat this as at our podcast, right? Like we've shat on AADW We've spent weeks shitting on WWE. Oh, my. we also spent weeks putting them over. So it's like yeah. with so much, so much wrestling, you have every chance to get a glowing review every single week. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's what's cool. It's like Collision was great. Dynamite was meh. There's holes in everything, but it's like it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed Dynamite because it didn't open up with an Orange Cassidy
0: match. So. True. And again, they were really kind of pumping forbidden door stuff with yeah.
1: This. So that it's good as long as it, the build-up is gonna be like this, then you know I'll give them another shot. But other than that, let's uh move on to the WWE.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, should we just start it off with um yeah, you should, have to how do we start it off? We do this. I go like I do my rah, 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 rah. you out, <laughs> I'm out you. Boom, super kick to the dome. Like, Sami Zayn's chair shot is like a seven now. Yeah. Because that super kick in this storyline was like, well, and then the way they cleared out, they just the whole thing was like, and he ripped his shirt. Like, oh, everything. Like, I watched it like three times. It was yeah, like, so
1: did I. Jey Uso's money, man. Like, his facials is like, it, the way he talks on the mic, like, he's good.
0: Dude, it's it's they're so good. Like, so
1: before we go go any further, just let them know, like, what exactly happened. So this is if you're not following wrestling or not, don't know, the Usos left the bloodline. They left um, Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring, double super kick, got out of there. Um, So we're going to be seeing new members of the bloodline going up against the Usos. That's what we think, at least.
0: Well, I think it's what? It's going to be Usos versus, I mean, I think they booked that for Money in the Bank, right?
1: Yeah, uh, Reigns and Sokoa. Mm -hmm.
0: Like I said, it's a good time to bring in Jacob Fatu. But also, how cool was the moment with Sami Zayn? Yeah. At the end, just the look and the nod. Like, so you know that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to end up playing a role in this whole saga. Which to me is just like, and this is why in you know pulling the curtain back on the Google Doc, I straight up said like it's the best story, it's the best long term storytelling since Hangman and Omega. Yeah,
1: like, I think this, I think this one edges it out. Ah, yeah, because it, it, it has it's more going. wrestlers.
0: Yeah, and they're all like, I mean, again, I think we talked about it. If you would have told me a year ago that. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be the hottest shit in wrestling. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. You're, Indie Mark, get out of here.
1: I mean, they're they're the ones that made the storyline have more legs. Oh, Cause, 100%. Because right? It was before, done. Before Sami Zayn came into the mix, it was boring. Like, it was freaking boring. And Sami Zayn came in, added that little funniness to it plus some more drama and here we are today still talking about it things still going and like and the problem i have the only problem i have with this is this stuff could have been done without the title but i guess like you know they could have still put the title on cody but i guess they never intended to put the title on cody anyway i'm still kind of
0: upset about that who's upset about that i am Oh, yeah. Cody's not. I feel Cody was like, no, I can't take the title. I have to be like Dustin Rhodes. I have a path. I want, I want to go through 17 fucking people. And in five years, I'm going to get there. It's like
1: he's I don't know. Like, I, I thought they should have just gave him the belt Dude. right there. But right. But it
0: goes back to me. It's like it goes back to this whole bullshit stipulation. What, what was it against uh, In AEW, it was like if I lose, I'm not going to ever go for the title. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wasn't that when MJF threw the tie in the towel and then at him? Uh uh-huh. so it's like it's like he writes this shit. Like, I don't know. It's I think it's a Cody thing. I love Cody Rhodes. He's definitely has a lot to a lot of shit to do, and he's good, but love the bloodline segment, loved everything about it. Um Charlotte's back, baby, and I know you were pumped on that. I saw your tweets, you're like, shh. <laughs> yeah
1: i'm not too excited but they're not wrestling each other for the title well charlotte's going to wrestle oscar for the title which means she will probably win
0: but bel going to be there commentating she straight up said that that's right but bel-air is getting involved and that's what makes this way more interesting because so they didn't know how they were going to work bel-air in after the shady right. the the finish but i like i think there's a there's this is more aiming as a three-way, especially because all of them are super legit. Like Charlotte's not head and shoulders. Of, this isn't like a squash thing. It's like Asuka and Belair can definitely hold their own, and if any of them beat Charlotte, she loses nothing. You exactly, know? which is it, I think has been a problem a lot of times with Charlotte is they've elevated her so much. It's hard to find. It's like Ri Ripley has been the only one really, or Bex, right. right, like so. Now they have this really cool three way going. I think they can do some good things with it. So, I really like Bel Air's involvement. I would be really suspect without it. All right, what else do we got going on here? Um, LA night, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, the Logan Paul introduction last night, obviously. Makes sense. But the pop at L.A. Night when he came out was like.
1: Oh, yeah, the crowd's behind him. I just oh. I don't know what, why they won't pull the trigger on him. It just seems like, like such a Vince thing to not pull the trigger on him. But and he I'm seems like, like such a Vince guy. That's what I mean. I don't I don't understand why. Because he's organically over.
0: <laughs> that, it can't be really the reason. It cannot always be the reason where he's just like this old curmudgeon. He's like, what? The crap? No, no. And it's like, oh, no, no. It's like, it can't be. But like, just, he is so fucking over. And I like, love what it. Did, like, what
1: did he do, though? Like, because it's like he took another L on SmackDown. <laughs> and like, and thankfully, he's in the Money in the Bank title match, but it's just like, what did this guy do? To Whose Cheerios did he piss in? Or protein powder did he piss in to like, be doing jobs i know he's on tv every week but still man like the crowd's gonna stop caring about him real quick
0: yeah i don't know though man it's like maybe is this like the baptism by fire like we're gonna see how how organic are you over,
1: dude if he's counting the lights three months from now the guarantee the crowd won't be as hot for him as they are right now
0: like But but if he wins money in the bank oh if he wins money in the bank then this is all rectified And if he doesn't win Money in the Bank and the crowd goes wild, it also establishes something, right? Yeah, well, the crowd's going to have a
1: new heel, or the the WWE's going to have a a new heel, whoever wins that Money in the Bank, because the crowd is expecting LA Knight to win. I know. Now that he's in it.
0: It is interesting. I really, like I said, I love seeing it. I'm a big LA Knight fan. I really enjoyed him in NXT. You know, so I've been a fan
1: since he was Eli Drake in TNA. So like I, it runs deep with me.
0: Yeah, man. And he's like a great interview. I don't know if you've ever seen some of the, he and he's got a nice little studio where he's got some of his like idols in the background. Yeah. Um, He's just, he's, I'm, I'm a big fan, man. A big, big fan. So I'm rooting for him, but because he, where he works and everything, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Paul gets wins money in the bank.
1: Oh God! Vince is
0: back, baby.
1: I it'd it just be such a better program with LA Knight
0: versus Seth Rollins. Oh, 100%. percent. That'd be way better. Hundred percent. But it's like, why are you bringing Logan? Logan Paul has not won in almost a year. No, like, he hasn't. He hasn't. Nope. He has. He hasn't. So, like, what are you doing with him?
1: Like, just
0: paying like, him, what? and he doesn't even have to wrestle to get into Money in the Bank. He's like, I'm yeah. on the ladder. I'm in.
1: They just put him in there
0: you just put him in there so you know again not everything is perfect but some odds and ends um not super not a super big fan of this bailey program i don't think it's doing anything for anybody
1: no the damage control thing has been a bust bust it was hot when it came out no because dakota kai is injured like mm-hmm. eosha is just kind of like eoskai i'm sorry yeah just kind of floating around but she's well, supposed to be getting a big push out of this that's,
0: yeah well eventually she's gonna turn on bailey that's the whole gig right yeah. but you can't make bailey such like an insufferable character like no one's gonna be like you know what i mean i don't know that's how i, mean, I feel about
1: it i just think if bailey keeps losing you're not going to be able to like get these like big, these wins won't mean as much off Bailey. If she's still, if she just loses all the time, it's like, it's like when Chris Jericho is being gatekeeper in WWE, it's like, what does it matter? Like who faces Jericho because they're going to beat him. So it's, it's just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, man. I feel like Cody's losing a ton of momentum as well. Why do you say that? See, I'm interested to hear this because I feel like they, I feel like the whole thing is Cody Rhodes is popular and he's he's good on the mic so he can carry this program of Brock Lesnar's a coward and we don't really need Brock Lesnar there and with no interactions it just doesn't sell it for me it doesn't like uh, it's like okay it's hard why, when
1: only one person's selling it
0: exactly and i think the the gamble that WWE creative made was that cody is so over he can carry it and when he can't it just shows and it's not his fault. No, I'm just saying the creative in the program. I think Cody Rhodes is at the top of his game. Even now, even though this program is like Lester, a little bit, but like his, he's killing it on the mic. He's just, I think he's got the whole package. I think it's just putting him with Brock Lesnar, who is a part-time wrestler at best. It's just like, you know, you brought him back and he got injured and the whole thing was Seth Rollins and all this momentum and you didn't pull the trigger. Which was wrong. Xander told me so. You didn't pull the trigger against Reigns, and now you've got this guy, and it's like it's a diminishing asset because you don't have the skills to like creative skills to figure it out. No, exactly. No, so, I agree with that. That's my fault. That's my thoughts. Uh, love Chad Gable trying to coach up. His uh, Maritz, right? Is that her name? Maritz? I like
1: Alpha Academy with um, what's her name? Um, it was LA Knight's name, uh, Ma- Maxine Dupree, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Maxine Dupree and Otis, they're back to being the funny group now, mm-hmm. but they and still like,
0: they can do it in the ring, man. No, I know,
1: yeah, I, I like Alpha Academy, so um,
0: Miz, always Miz, like, oh, I love Miz.
1: No, he's like, Teflon. He can. Somebody was saying the other day, like how Miz has to stop taking losses. I was like, no, it, Miz is at the point where it doesn't matter if he loses. Like he's still, he's Teflon. He he's untouchable. Like he can take L's and it doesn't matter because they can put him. He's a utility guy. They can put him wherever they need him.
0: Dude, future Hall of Famer. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like easily, he's held, he's held a lot of titles, and of he's course, the only
1: like, two, only two time Grand Slam champion in the company.
0: Iconic victory over obviously we've talked about a lot. Iconic victory over the RKO King, Randy Orton, and John Cena at WrestleMania. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, But love him. Love Ciampa coming back, getting the win over him. Ciampa looked great. Ciampa looks great. I hope he can just stay healthy. I know, but you know, I'm not betting on it. But Miz, always good putting people over. Um, And you said it, you mentioned it. Uh, so NXT big push. We got we got big time talent going down to Florida. Like I don't know why they want to do a thing like that, but they're going down to Florida to wrestle. So we got we got Braun Breaker and Seth Rollins. Um, kind of odd having Braun Breaker in at RAW. I thought that was weird. Yeah, and then <laughs> not to have them interact, not like he should have beat down Seth Rollins, not Finn Balor.
1: Yeah, they gotta. They're gonna bring up uh, Braun Breaker because he just lost, to. and yeah. So and then Seth Rollins isn't done with Judgment Day. I like how they're making Seth Rollins just crank out bangers right now because every match he's put on has been good, like really good since he's had this title. It's not like he's been wrestling bad without the title, but you know what I mean.
0: Oh, he's the he's the best. He's the best wrestler in the in the company right now. Yeah, like hands down.
1: Yeah, easily too.
0: Yeah, I agree. But it's gonna be interesting. And I wonder, like again, I think we talked about it. Like, I think the big push is you want to get the ratings up. They're gonna go out to market for all these, these television rights. There's already rumors that Amazon wants a piece. Disney wants a piece. Disney probably, I don't know, being that they already have the um relationship with the Endeavor crew with UFC. I gotta feel like I can't wait for SportsCenter to be covering some WWE. It's like gonna be. It's like oh, a man. dream come true. That make that make my head explode. I, I mean, mean, seriously, it's like they're gonna show Otani striking people out and jacking on runs, and then you know, fucking showing Rollins said, well, stomping, stomping Finn I mean, Balor.
1: That'd be huge if they if they got on ESPN. Honestly, dude,
0: it's like it, it, it yeah, it would be, and I think that's a I think that's a real possibility. It'd be huge if they're on Amazon, dude. Oh yeah, that too. You know, it's like it's crazy. So, a lot of a lot of good shit going on in wrestling. We have talked about it quite a bit. We're going to take a quick powder. So we got to cool off. With some cool shit. Nice. I want to be a little piece of history.
1: Let's go. I want to be a painting for us to see. And once again, we're back at your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it?
0: The motherfucking mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit it. All right, Marky D. I really enjoyed the Bloodline segment on SmackDown. Yeah. With the Bloodline severely fractured, do you see any new members being added in? Um, we've I' was already thinking, mentioned it. We've already mentioned it. We already are Jacob Fatu,
1: and there's also two um Zila Fatu, which is Umaga's son, who's just started wrestling a, uh, a couple years ago. So there's those two possibilities, but I don't know. hopefully it's Jacob Fatu, but he's the m l w open weight champion right now, so I don't know when his contract is up, but these are all speculations. I don't know if they'll even add any new members, to be honest with you. But those are those would be the two members that I add if they're going to keep going with this, if they decide to add someone.
0: I know. If I was writing it, I would totally break up the bloodline. Roman Reigns wants to go do movies. He wants to be part-time. You have Paul Heyman and Sola Sokoa, which is a great combination. The Uso's once a- Again, anchor your tag team division um, with plenty of feuds to, to happen there. And then in two or three years, when Roman Reigns is ready to come back, he comes back as a surprise. You bring the bloodline back together and you have a program. I don't know if bringing anybody in really works unless Roman Reigns is willing to work a pretty full schedule. And it doesn't, based on the rumors, I don't necessarily know if that's in Roman Reigns' schedule yeah but so those are uh, my thoughts
1: but if they break up the bloodline and end the storyline because honestly a lot of smackdown is unwatchable besides the bloodline and if they break that up they're not going to have anything the they're, t- they're going to be back to bad tv because they had all those hints of the bloodline in the show and the sh- smackdown wasn't that good
0: no, I'm not I'm not arguing with you, but I'm just saying like I'm just trying to read the tea leaves on what what the tribal chief wants to do. Right. Like if he doesn't want to like. If he doesn't show up in the end, you just have like a new so's versus so and Paul Heyman program anyways. Right. Like at this point.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't have nearly as much heat as like Roman Reigns being in it.
0: Yeah. But I don't know if Roman Reigns wants to be in it anymore.
1: Right. He's his schedule. Have you seen his schedule for the next week? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be
0: packed to SummerSlam. Like,
1: and he's still got to wrestle for WrestleMania. Like, he's he's got to make appearances still because they're not taking the title off him anytime soon. So he can't go out and do movies when he's still champion. And honestly, yeah. and honestly, is he really getting movie offers? Because he can only do all he can do is that tribal chief thing. I don't.
0: I don't really see him doing anything else in movies. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. I'm just saying. What I'm just trying to read the rumors and the things. I'm just. I don't know. I don't know if Jacob Fatu is coming. I don't know if bringing more people in is going to save it. I think it all comes down to like what Roman Reigns is willing to do. All right. Thanks, Marky D. Way to put a fucking damper on this show, Dick. Marky Dick. All right, Tenacious P. This one's going to be good. I think Grayson Waller has potential to be a great heel. Just want to know what you guys thought about him. Um, I feel like it's a red flag, generally speaking, if you, you are hosting some sort of talk show in the ring.
1: I mean, it, it usually is, but I don't know. I fi- happen to find the Waller effect entertaining. Okay. And I, I think he's funny.
0: uh, But does he have a future as a wrestler?
1: Yes, he does, because he's really good in the ring. From the stuff I saw him in his NXT, the guy's really athletic.
0: Do you feel like this is something similar to, like, see, I feel like Miz was already established before he started doing his thing, and Kevin Owens' thing was always just, like, a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, do you think this is a way for them to get him heat?
1: I think they're they're trying to get him heat by having this show because if they make him if they start him off wrestling, he's he's gonna pop the crowd and they don't want that because he's got like dynamic a dynamic move set. So you have a punchable face. Yeah, yeah, his face is punchable. <laughs> yeah, not Sammy Guevara punchable, but no, nobody's that punchable. punchable. But it's punchable. He's he's good at playing like a just like a really condescending dick. Like he's Australian.
0: It, yeah, he's Australian. It, it's good. He's got a little bit of the accent, which makes oh, sense. dude, for it's sure, especially in, especially insufferable to uh, the flyover states and the, um, you know, the anti-abortion states yeah, that love wrestling. Definitely.
1: But yes, I'm all in for he, Waller now. Yeah, I think he's great. I, he's going to be great. That's what I think. And yeah, <laughs> he's got potential to be a great heel.
0: I agree. That's awesome, and it's interesting. Like it's a different tact to build him this way than generally it's like, I feel like this is some of the failures of, um, shit. The to the moon guy. Can't oh, remember his name. Um, Cameron Grimes. Yeah. It's like, they should have done something with this. Like he's so good in the ring and they just like, they could never get him traction. Yeah. Cameron Grimes, like, he they
1: they keep switching what his deal is and like i really liked when he was like the frumpy like you know like kind of like uh grizzly guy and now he's like kind of cleaned up and everything and he's like smiling and stuff and it's just kind of they like making their baby face like smile all the time it's weird
0: yeah and back before nxt like changed it was fun when he he was feuding with Ted DiBiase. Yes, that was that was cool. But that was when NXT was like was good, good. trying to battle like whatever. But anyways, we move on. Johnson and Johnston. Not sure if you guys read Hulk Hogan's comments about modern wrestlers. I thought it was classic Hogan. How do you guys feel about his comments on modern day wrestlers and wrestling? Just want to say, this is a two-part question. It is. They were sneaky about it. But it's a two-part question. It is. The answer is yes. And I feel like it's par for the course, right? Yeah. Right. He also <laughs> said... I'm sorry. Go ahead. He also said that the biggest mistake he did was the atomic leg jogger that fucked his back up. And what he should have done is... Stole, what he didn't say is... He said, I'm with the biggest arms. I should have done a chokehold what he really said was, I should have stolen somebody else's finisher. Right. Which is classic Hogan.
1: Yeah, that, that's just par for the course. Like saying the guy should bag his groceries. It's like, I mean, yeah, you want to look the part to a certain extent. But if you can go in the ring, I don't see what the problem is. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I never understood a bunch of guys you know, straight males watching other guys and critiquing their bodies and stuff like that. I just don't understand that. It's it's like, yes, you want them to have a certain look. But to me, if they can talk and if they can go in the ring, that's two out of three and that's fine. And it's like, you know, fuck what you look like.
0: Yeah, man. It's like,
1: I think that day's just over. I'm sorry. I think the days just passed where, like, a guy has to look like it's a guy. They've hired tons of guys that look like a million bucks and they can't go in the ring and they can't talk.
0: So, you know, dude, you got- Cornette just said the same bullshit about Kevin Steen slash Kevin Owens. Like, you know, I was like, oh, well, he was always, you know, heavy and whatnot. And it's like, one when he said, it's like, oh, he slimmed down and everything. It's like, yeah, but he's been awesome. Since he was killing people with that crazy finisher of his. Yeah. And he used to like package him and like package roll. file driver. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? Like, like, and that's the bullshit thing. It's like, cool, man. Like, yes, I would not fight somebody who looked like like Hulk Hogan. To be honest, I would not fight somebody who looked like Kevin Owens either. Like, no. what are we talking about here? You know? It's like, crazy.
1: The thing is, I'll even let you in on something. When I first saw Kevin Steen, and I looked at him, and I—I'll be the one to admit, I'll be like, "Oh man, who is this guy? He, he looks like him. He looks like some kind of mechanic." And then I watched him wrestle, and then I heard him talk, and then I did a deep dive into all his matches, and I was like, "Dude, this guy can go, and he's hilarious." Same with guys like Sami Zayn or when he was El Generico, AJ Styles—not the biggest guy in the room, but the guys wanted the best. So it's like, and you could say the same thing. Jake Roberts has just got finished burying Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, saying those two guys shouldn't have held titles. Those are the two greatest of all time. Give me a <laughs> break. You know, these, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of these old wrestlers gatekeeping. And it's like. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, yeah especially because it's like part of the reasons you, you point to them not being good enough is because you held them down. Like, right. you know. God, how many people
1: has Hogan held down?
0: Oh, as many as he could get his seventeen-inch biceps are Serious. Wow. That being said, like Hulk Hogan, fucking. I was Hulkamaniac when I was. I was
1: I was one too when I was a kid, but he's kind of insu- He's been
0: insufferable since he's retired. Hundred percent, and now all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, my back's hurt. I'm all about CBD. Buy my shit." It's like, get the fuck out of here! Get man. out of
1: here, Hogan! You'll make another suburban commando.
0: God, I would actually probably watch that,
1: though. I'd I'd probably watch it, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The next next question's
1: from my aunt. Yeah, right. No, I swear to God.
0: I had a good time listening to the History of the Rhodes family. My question, first off, declarative statement, winner. My question is, how did professional wrestling start out, and was it always an entertainment-based product? This is a great question, one that I have no answer to. <laughs>
1: I mean, the answer is going to be long, but I have to give you the condensed version of it. So, um, it started off in the post Civil War, in like the eighteen sixties and seventies, and um, there's a, they were traveling with carnies as promoters and bookers, and um, there these they'd be in circuses and wrestling exhibits, and um, through the 19th century, um, they had Mark Martin, Farmer Burns, and his pupil Frank Gotch. And so Frank Gotch, um, Burns first was a competitive wrestler, and um, he fought over six thousand wrestlers and lost to like ten. This was still when it was kind of a um, a work or no a shoot. I'm sorry. And then he trained in some of the best wrestlers like Frank Gotch and Frank. They had the match. The most famous match from back in the day was. Frank Gotch and the European wrestling champion, George Hackenschmidt. And they wrestled in 1908 and 1911. And those are like one of the most significant matches. And Frank Gotch ended up beating George Hackenschmidt. And so um, it just went down from there. And then um, we got into like Ed Lewis and Bill Sandow. And then there's, Um, that was in the 1920s and then they were just dressed up more like flamboyantly and they were called the gold dust trio due to their financial success. Ooh. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So that's like the start of it. And then we can get into the forties and in 1984, I have to break this question up into a little bit more. Um, smaller answers so we can di- easily digestible. But that was the history of it on
0: Miriam. And, well, uh, also, I would like to say one of the greatest tall tales or American tales is the uh, wrestling ability of our 16th president, one Abraham Lincoln.
1: Yeah, he was a pugilist.
0: Well, yeah, but it was also wrestling Is like as the stories go. So wrestling has a deep history in uh, the American culture, a hundred percent. And then obviously once there was a way to make money on it, I'm sure everything became entertainment, right? Like right, capitalism, baby.
1: But that was our mailbag. If you want to get at us, you can get at me under Xander Hobbs. That's X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S on Instagram. Bobby, where can they find you?
0: Back on Instagram, baby. I reset my password, so Wrestleocalypse sounds like it's spelled on the IG. Jump into my DMs. Send us some questions. We love to hear your feedback. And if you follow the rules, or if you don't, apparently, declarative statement, solid question. Your voice can be heard. This is not Twitter. This is a true public square.
1: All right. On to our match of the week. And we got a good one. This one is from, I don't know, have a date on this, but this is under ROH Summer Heat Tour. And this is Kevin Steen versus Tommaso Ciampa. There's 30 minutes, 31 minutes, um, bell to bell.
0: Uh, but it was a good match. What did you think about it? it there was a lot of um, showmanship. Yeah, especially in the beginning. Oh, I loved when Tomasa Chompo asked about Kevin Steen's belly. And he's like, it's been working for me. And he went to the ref. He's like, it's been working for him. And he put his arm up and the I was like, yeah. So it took a while for the action to get started, but once, well, it, once did, it did, yeah. It's just crazy. Like, I love Tommaso Ciampa. He is yeah. one of the few peep wrestlers I follow on Instagram solely because, like, his workout regimen is insane. Yeah, it's And to insane. see him then and know what he is now is crazy.
1: Yeah. The body
0: transformation.
1: He definitely stepped up his game, like, physically and, like, in the ring. Because i known about him and I was never the biggest Tommaso Ciampa fan. Like, But once he came into NXT and, you know, took on the Blackheart persona, that was really cool. But this match, once it got going, it was like, it shows you why they call Kevin Steen Mr. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And like, because he's he, Kevin seen or Kevin Owens, I should say now tears it up in the WWE. But he, when he was wrestling for ROH, he was just pulling out moves. He was just like on another level. And I know they have to wrestle the WWE style, but like go back and do yourself a favor, watch this match and watch a bunch of other Kevin steam matches. Cause I don't think he really puts on a bad one.
0: You no. Know, and I remember late, late, late at night or early, early morning. I don't know when, but you and I would watch like his ring of honor shed and like, he would totally botch like um uh you know 450 splashes or um like he he took a lot of risks at that point in his career, early in his career. Yeah. On what he did, which was impressive. But like it's so crazy now, it's like he he fits the brawler style that WWE likes, right? The hot tag the come in. But it's like his value is just the fact that like he's so good on the mic and so good in those segments. And he's like, he's equal parts funny and like legit wrestler. It's like, yeah, it's just, and Tommaso Ciampa, like, uh, go back. You can go back. We've talked about it. We have 127 episodes at this point. Um, the DIY stuff that he did with Johnny Gargano and, um, the, I want to say it was the war games against um, Adam Cole and yeah, against uh, Undisputed, dude. Like, it's as good as there is? Like, no, I agree. Especially because he did that shit after he had that neck injury. And was, yep. what what are you doing? Why are you letting Adam Cole do that to you? But it was like, <laughs> dude, it's just like so much respect for him, and like shows just a love of wrestling, and then. Like I said, if you don't follow him on Instagram, you have an Instagram, you're interested in like the shit he does and the way he documents like how he came back from this injury and just like how he improves range of motion, how he improves all these different things. So good. Like, love it, love it, love it. And Kevin Owens like deserves all the flowers that he's getting right now. Absolutely. I agree. So not not always, dude. dude that's a all you're watching? Yeah.
1: And then Top Chef is over. So I've just been watching The Ultimate Fighter.
0: Yeah. What did you think about the Top Chef? Did you agree with the winner? Well, well,
1: the thing is, if that girl didn't mess up the, what did she cook? Pork or something? What did she cook? Yeah. She cooked some kind of protein that she fucked up. Mm-hmm. And if she didn't fuck that up, she would have beat everybody. and She would have won.
0: Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. It,
1: yeah, it was a liver. What it, yeah, liver. Yeah,
0: she made the chewy liver and it was, uh, I, I don't think her name is Sarah, but it was the chick who cried at Kentucky because she was, right. yeah, and 100%, everything else she did was far superior and it was like, I get it, like, hey, consistency is good, but to, I don't feel that Buddha was really demonstrably better that day, other than that one dish
1: yeah and the and then the other guy um what's his name i forget what his name is but he was just like outmatched by the both of them so he didn't quite but like he made good tasting food yeah but- i don't
0: even know how he made it that far he dodged so many bullets he was like like fucking neo dude so,
1: he was because he was at the bottom almost every
0: time yeah well and then there was a time where like they the german guy didn't buy him his vegetables i was like oh, oh but- we left him sorry like, oh, dude, that's <laughs> fucked up. It was a good season, though. It was a very good season. I thought
1: I like it because it brought like all the Top Chef people in that I didn't even know existed, and um, I thought it was pretty cool. I, ju- I just don't know where they go from there, like because that's like he's like Top Chef of all the Top Chefs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, but it's like I don't know. It, maybe Tom Cleek is just like I'm fucking done. I'm like a bajillionaire now. I've got a bunch of restaurants. Like maybe they're done. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But it was good. I agree. I don't know about this tough thing. I don't know about. I don't know if Conor McGregor is going to make it to the end. You maybe. I don't he, know if he's. I just he read maybe arrested in fucking jail, which he should be if you watch that video.
1: I did when he assaulted the mascot. No. Yeah. No. No. The
0: one where he took, oh, took the girl's The girl hands in the, in the bathroom? bathroom. I saw that one too. Yeah. And then she's like, "Hey, that's not cool, bro." And he's like, "Oh, whatever." <laughs> So I don't know about that, but
1: well, I don't even know if he can fight because he didn't make the um, the cut to go into the testing pool. Like he missed it. He didn't.
0: Oh man, what? A... It just no oversight. I'm sure he'll get it next time. I just I don't know. He's but a there... fucking mess, dude.
1: I I'm not a fan of him, but I like Ultimate Fighter and I like mixed martial arts. So like I'm I, happy to well, watch. I him like
0: the 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 format of Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. He's just not the mentor, dude. Like, get somebody who's not like possibly on PEDs, possibly raping people, and probably drunk all the time. Right. But um, did you did you see the clip of the face off between Francis and Ganu and John Jones?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's gonna be dope.
0: Well, it's never going to happen. That's what sucks because fucking fighting sucks. Nobody, no good fights ever really get made. You know, Dana White's never going to let John Jones fight Francis Ngannou. Never going to fucking. Why not? Because Francis Ngannou didn't re-sign with UFC. He's with the PFL now or whatever. Oh, that's right. Um, And so they're like done. And now all of a sudden Dana White's trying to get a John Jones Tyson Fury fight and it's like it's just it's like it's just, well, Do it's people like, want to just, watch that though? No, it's just it's the same shit as boxing. It's like you never get the fight you want until it's too late or something happens, right? It's like we never got Pacquiao versus Mayweather when they were both in their prime. We got it when like Pacquiao was like 60 years old and shit. Yeah. And it's like UFC used to not be like that, and now it is because there's so much money involved and it's disappointing.
1: Yeah, they'll still get me sometimes cuz like I said I just like
0: watching the fights, but Did you um, watch Nuñez uh the other week like basically I it's the mentor legacy and like Yeah, I didn't get she, to He should have put her boots in the middle of the ring. It would've been awesome. And she she put her gloves in the title in the middle.
1: Oh, she did. I didn't absolutely. see it. Yeah, she put her gloves in. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it, but I heard she beat her up. So, yeah. cuz I I work Saturdays now and then I didn't have time to you know, I didn't want to rent it again and get all this spoiled and stuff like that. So I just saw the highlights. But, um, yeah, good for her. She is one of the best. She is probably is the best. You know, yeah. she retired Rousey and she, uh, yeah, she beat everyone that came her way. So she probably tired of it.
0: Yeah, I hear she's going to be the next member of Damage Control. <laughs> <laughs> that would be well, awesome if she just shut up and they made Rousey like, Let's try to Rosie couldn't sell it though, she would just get all pouty on her face. Rousey's just
1: horrible in wrestling. She's just she got like if anything she got worse.
0: I don't know. I didn't think that was possible. I know, seemingly impossible. Um, what you I've been, been watching? watching a lot of the Normals, uh, Expedition Unknown's new show, uh, Betty Rebels loving the OG Perry Mason to put us to sleep, uh, which is crazy. All the murderers are chicks. It's never a dude. It's always chicks. Huh. It's weird. And they always just show up to Perry Mason's house like one in the morning. He's like, cool. I don't know. Weird TV going on in the early 60s. But uh, talking about Top Chef All-Stars, there's a new uh, season of Project Runway All-Stars, which is is shaping up to be really good. And then we, I think we finished all the, we watched a lot of Alex vs. America
1: that chick's a beast, dude. I've I've watched a couple episodes of
0: Alex versus
1: America. That show's not bad.
0: No, the new season's good because they like they just keep ramping it up and like putting her. They made her do like uh they went she went against uh pastry chefs. And it's like she just she's so she's a beast, like she's the Hulk Hogan of uh competitive food. I don't know. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to this. Get rid of one. Yeah,
1: so it's my Post turn.
0: Coffee. So are we going, are, I'm going to let you pick. We're
1: going to go between energy drinks or sweet breakfast dishes.
0: No, oh, I'm getting rid of sweet breakfast dishes. A hundred percent.
1: So you want to do energy drinks?
0: Yes. Okay. I don't so. eat sweet, sweet breakfast dishes. So okay, good. Um... So we
1: have either the OG, Red Bull,
0: Monster, Rockstar, or Bang. Interesting, interesting. So uh, first energy drink I ever had was obviously Red Bull. I used to get two of the small cans, drink them while studying in the student union before a final. That was my first energy drink. And then I worked at a place when Monster came into uh, being and one of the guys I worked with ended up getting a job as a distributor. And it was funny because at the time when Monster launched, they also had another energy drink. branded it was Lost, which if you're a skateboard fan, it had that thing. But Monster, that was my first um, experience with it. And then when I worked at the horse track, some of the owners had a distributorship and they used to just like bring us cases of monster um rockstar was very affordable and rockstar was the first energy drink that they had rockstar 21 which was a hard energy drink which i really enjoyed and then bang is bang's got all the flavors that like You're like, I want a sweet, but I really need energy, and I don't want to eat candy. Like, oh, cool! One of my favorites is the like, a unicorn flavor. Oh, that's a good one. And I got into Bang because I was traveling quite a bit, and in Burbank Airport, you can't find a monster, but they had Bang, so I got into like certain flavors of Bang. So if I'm getting rid of one, despite the fact they were the first hard. One, I'm getting rid of the rock star because in the end, it's really, it just tastes really caustic and I don't enjoy it. Um, I still drink, I drink a monster every single day, sugar-free monster. It's instead of coffee, that's what I do. I won't ever turn my back on Red Bull one, even though they're like, they're the worst for you. My dad's cardiologist straight up told him like, don't drink Red Bulls. They're the worst for you. So don't drink them. But they also give the most to things I like. They like sport a bunch of photography, videography, stuff like that. Um, I love the Red Bull competition where they have to like, they try to do the flying things off the, you know, so I'm not getting rid of Red Bull and bang because the flavor is delicious, dude. It's like they, like, I love, like, it's stupid, but yeah, it's stupid. And I feel like the bang is, the bang is not a bad, it's crazy when you think about it, but it's like there is like an energy drink high. Mm-hmm. And bang is pretty clean, so I like that. But Rockstar, you're out.
1: All right, see a Rockstar. Um, you after mean, really? dissecting that, Red Bull was also the first energy drink that I had, but I never drank it religiously. Well, I did because I drank it with vodka. Mm,
0: the sugar-free ones. Sugar, I was yeah,
1: for. the sugar-free ones. Because I did one time I was in Vegas and I drank a whole bunch of Red Bull vodkas, but the sugar ones. And like, whoa, the next day was, as I was with one of my buddies, and we were just feeling like crackheads. But well, yeah, and the Jaeger
0: and the bombs.
1: Yeah. Were, but also,
0: we're also Red Bull
1: infused.
0: Yep. So
1: there's that. Monster, I have one to two
0: every day of the Ultra. You like the Ultra, the sugar-free Ultra? The sugar-free, yeah. With the good. They got a bunch of different flavors too. Yeah, the, awesome. they have
1: the pineapple, the peach, orange, lemon, lime. The pineapple and the peach are my favorite ones. The white one's good though. The white one's, the white the one's classic. One's good. The white one's good. Um, Rockstar, I like. Um, I can never find the ones that I want the The 200 milligrams of caffeine. I can never find those ones. So. Yeah, because they roll like
0: 160.
1: Yeah. And then the bangs are great, because like you, like you said, for the aforementioned reasons, and they're also packing 300 milligrams of caffeine in a can. So that's a nice ass kicking in a can. So we're definitely not getting rid of that. No. So, so since my drinking days are over and I don't really like the taste unless I'm going into Buffalo Wild Wings, I am going to be getting rid of Red Bull, even though they are the OG.
0: Yeah, and- but sometimes you got to get rid of the old. So, it, you know,
1: because Monsters is good. I like the, you know, Rockstar does have a weird taste to it, but, you know, I can, if I had to choose between a Rockstar and a Red Bull, I'd choose a Rockstar.
0: Sure. I used to really like those Rockstar recoveries that were yeah, like those are good with the, like the orange or the, like they're really like Gatorade and energy drink mixed together. It it's like-,
1: like a, it's like a Red Bull rehab. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or no monster, like Re- monster rehab. I'm sorry. Yeah. The rehabs for monster. Yeah. yeah. Red Bull doesn't have anything like that. They do have the new, they have the different, like the blueberry different flavors. But- yeah, I've never tried those. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Some kid asked me if like, I drink one of those like Red Bull things, um, um, um Red Bull slushies that Jack in a box offers. I was like, man, looking at the, just looking at the picture makes my stomach hurt. So (laughs) I don't think I'm I'm too
0: busy drinking my Grimace shake from McDonald's. dude. Yeah. The Grimace shake. How is that? Did you have that? No, Melissa was Melissa took um, Betty Rebel took uh, the prodigy to McDonald's today. And she's like, they have like a Grimace birthday value pack. And she's like, I was going to get it, but I just got a Coke and some French fries. It's like,
1: it's probably, probably for the best.
0: Yeah, well, a hundred percent. Like, it's not going to make you feel good to finish that shit. No, I,
1: mean. I, I wouldn't think so. No,
0: <laughs> but you can imagine just the the
1: amount of like fatigue and sluggishness that your body would be going through.
0: Yeah, which is weird because like Sophia doesn't get any of that when she eats the McDonald's. Well, because she's a kid. I know. It's like it drags me down and then she gets all pumped up. It's like, no, this is wrong. I need to- <laughs> Come on. She's been super crazy with the summer, but it's been good. That's good. She's excelling at karate. Oh, very good. Well, Sensei Kanagai has her on like... Oh, he's, she's got Kanagai? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I was talking to uh, Bloodbath because I wore I wore one of the um hey, super awesome plug. Do you like fitted hats? I like fitted hats. Xana likes fitted hats. If you want fitted hats, go to the capologist. And then when you go to your daughter's karate class, the art teacher will say, like, "Who did that hat?" And I will say, Tony Bloodbath, and he'll say, "I remember him." And it's like, yeah. and then I texted Tony Bloodbath and said, hey, kind of guy says and Tony Bloodbath's like, "Yeah." I had it for like five years and I, you know, just the whole story. It was really fun. So that is fun. But yeah, she's doing really good at the karate. Way better than soccer.
1: Way better than soccer. Oh, yeah. That's good though.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because it's a little bit like he makes it a little bit competitive. Like, who can stand up the fastest? Who can do this? And Sophia's all about it. So
1: right on. Well, now we're walking out in the ring, getting in the gorilla position, getting ready to walk out in the ring, I should say what are you coming out to body
0: all right so i'm coming out to a classic punk rock song from the sacramento area by an amazing new band called the fallback the song is called waiting for today and you can hear it right now right now Yeah, man. Super classic, super late 90s style. you probably want to do a kickflip, maybe a tray flip to it. Get your vans on, get your airwalks on. Really good. I really like it. It's also all things uh, being honest. Uh, A good friend of mine plays bass on it, so really like it. There you go, Bo.
1: Say the name of the band again. The Fallback. All right. That's funny that you're in the 90s because I'm hanging out in the 90s too. 1994 exactly may 15th and that's the release date of strung out's album another day in paradise so i thought this song was cool because it reminded me of the political climate that we're living in right now and from 1994 now we're in 2023 nothing much has changed with the lyrics and um you can try it out now the song is called lost Yeah, so check out the lyrics to that and check out the whole album that album's pretty cool It's their first one um strung outs from our hometown so they always hold a special place in our hearts but um you can find all of these songs including the intro and the outro on songs to swanton too
0: yes it's on spotify and just for anybody who may or may not be listening we we love all these bands. We're not trying to monetize off any of them. We're just putting them on there to promote them. There we go. But
1: um, are you caught up with all the dark sides of the rings? No. What was the last one that you watched? The last one was the Grams. And was I did not see that one. Let's reconvene and um, talk about Doink the Clown
0: on the next episode. Shh. I need to watch that one then. Yeah, that's tonight. Oh, perfect. Okay, During the Clown coming at you next episode. So, before we leave, any uh, predictions for Money in the Bank?
1: Just L.A. Night. Yeah. That's all. I, I don't really know who else is wrestling. And there's the Women's Money in the Bank, right? Yeah, I mean. That's really,
0: I don't know. That's kind of pointless. Their women's division is such a. It's in shambles. Shambles. It's shambolic. Yeah. (laughs) You like that word, huh? Yeah, well, it worked
1: this. It worked this time. This time. But thank you again for joining us. And since we can't top that, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly in this life, Bobby B. And we're always reminding you to show empathy uh, to protect the animals and the planet and support the rest of Lockerlips.
0: Boo-yaka-shah.
1: How I had to plead to you. Check the scars and you'll remember how I used to bleed for you. Now I can't walk without
0: me sobbing. No, don't bother, really. It's so pathetic, left me dead, and now I'm barely breathing. Yeah. No, I can't stop how I feel. I just might cause a fucking scene. But you know me, I'm still the
1: same. Such a little drama queen. I take my blade and make way with any the enemies in my way.